What's up? Okay, this one's for the boys. No girls allowed. Today we have Dr. Neil Pollock from Pollock Clinics. He is like the number one guy when it comes to men's sexual health procedures. Things like vasectomy, circumcision, erectile dysfunction, premature, all that stuff. He's the guy. And if you live in BC, you definitely know who Dr. Neil Pollock is. He's on the billboards. He's everywhere. Anyways, you know, today we're going to talk about all the stuff. Like, how do you fix a crooked penis? Sorry to shock you. I mean, look, I'm just going to say it, all right? We're all adults here. <laughs> Why is it crooked in the first place? So, you know, we're going to get into the latest treatments for all the most common issues that men bring up with Neil when they get in his office. And the door closes, and it's quiet and private. Let's just dive into it. He's a great guy. Again, Dr. Neil Pollock. Here we go. Okay. I have to start by saying the last time I saw you, you had my testicles in your hand. <laughs> Literally. That's right. And you did very well. Thank you. <laughs> I was terrified. But I, I worked at a radio station and we did a little uh, a special show where I laid down on your table, spread my legs, and you uh, snipped me. Right. Well, snipped's not there. What's the real term? <laughs> well, we could say vasectomized. Yes, vasectomized. <laughs> But we had a whole team of guys in there. We had like, a, I don't know, five or six guys. All We showed up in matching T-shirts, and we all went in there. And Great little party, I remember. <laughs> all my staff had a good time. Balloons, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're doing great, Kurt. Yeah, and it's nice okay? to have a good buddy like Jordan to be here with you yeah. holding your hand. Yeah. Like that. You know, things are going great. You know, we've uh, blocked the uh, first side. Okay. We're just finishing up there, and in okay. moments we'll be on to the other side. Okay. And I'll tell you, at the end of the day, it was awesome. Little anesthetic is all it takes. Yeah. That being said, I'm happy to have my pants on. Right. In your presence, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you've been there. You've seen it all. You've had every discussion you could possibly have around all the taboo subjects, all the stuff that guys are typically nervous to talk about. It must be interesting talking to, to clients because it's very vulnerable. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one thing I really enjoy about uh, doing vasectomies and about my work. I love my work because... Uh, there's a really unique and special few minutes you have with every client, with every patient, where you can really connect and learn about them, learn about their lives. It can be super interesting. Like, for example, you know, when I, if I have a, a pilot that comes in, you know, I'll say to him, listen, um, you know, and while I'm working on him, and it's a nice distraction, okay, if I'm on a plane and um, they make a call that the, something happened to the pilots. Does anyone have any experience with landing a plane? Um, walk me through what I would do if I got into that seat to get the plane down. Teach me in the next four and a half minutes, because that's how long it takes me to do his surgery. I need like a very Coles notes on how to do this. And then he'll walk through with me and teach me how to land a plane in four and a half minutes. Or, you know, similar kinds of things. And so I, I really meet interesting people. I learn a lot of great stuff and I have a good time. And at the same time, I am laser focused on the surgery. Because for me, you know, each surgery is like, it's like you're running an Olympic uh, event. You're in an Olympic event where um, every motion of my hand, my fingers, angles, everything is just so programmed and focused in my brain to get optimal results. Mm. 
I experienced it. Yeah. I did experience it. And I can imagine having, doing the same motion right. tens of thousands of times. It just becomes right. like a, almost like robotic. Right. In a right. Way. But, but not because every yeah. person's different. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You're yeah. always dealing with variants of human anatomy. And each procedure I look at as, as another piece of, of artistic work of self-expression of how am I going to get optimal results for that patient in this experience. I can't remember what you asked me. We were live on the radio. Yeah. I can't remember what you asked me, but I remember in my head racing going, oh, he's about to start because he's asking me to describe how I record an interview or something right. like that. I mean, my, my co-host at the time on the radio, uh, Jordan, he was uh, sitting beside me holding my hand. Yeah, I remember that. With the microphone in front of his mouth. I thought you guys were great. Great <laughs> together. <laughs> oh, I, I re- I've relived it a million times, this whole moment. Has, it, has anyone ever done that? Has a guy ever come in and have one of his buddies sit beside him and hold his hand? Never. Never. No. <laughs> Damn. I'm glad to be the one and only. Um, but that was a special moment. It's funny that we have it all on video. Yeah. And it was cool because it's in my Instagram feed if you scroll back far enough. Yeah. But I often, uh, it'll come up at like, you know, your party, you're having a drink and someone wants to, it, it just comes up. And I go, oh, I did that. Yeah, it's no problem. You got to go to go see Neil. And uh, yeah. in fact, they have it on video and people think I'm joking. Yeah. And it always takes me, because it was a couple years ago, it takes me a few minutes of scrolling back in my Instagram feed, but I find it and I play it for them, and the jaws drop. Is they that can't right? so believe you're still it. showing it. I love that. Of course. <laughs> but listen, we've got a list of things here to talk about. And I love this stuff because I love talking about the taboo subjects. So I'm just going to give you a little preview of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about vasectomies, mm-hmm. circumcision for all ages, mm-hmm. ED, which is erectile dysfunction, penile enlargement, mm-hmm. pyronies. You're, yes. you're, you're, what is pyronies? Pyronies disease pyronies. is a, it's an, a condition that affects about 10% of men, usually in their 40s, 50s, 60s, that is a buildup of scar tissue uh, in the penis that causes a bend of the penis uh, that in the early phases is painful. And um, But the good news is, is that with innovative modern treatment, uh, it is very often fixable. Hmm. So a guy who has a um, relatively straight penis, yes. and it starts to bend. It starts to bend. It's usually secondary to some trauma that often happens during a sexual experience with a partner where something bends in an awkward way, and the result of that is some uh, tearing of tissue and buildup of scar hmm. tissue, which then is more solid, and that when the penis expands the one side that's solid, you know, then leads to curvature. Okay. I didn't yeah. even know what that was called. Yeah. That's why I love these conversations. So some yeah. guys out, some guy out there has got a crooked... Crooked penis. Crooked it's penis. fixable, and it's most likely Peroni's disease. Wow, interesting. Yeah. And then we'll talk about um, ejaculatory disturbances. Right. Hair restoration. Yeah. And then something that I actually am curious about doing myself. Yes. I mean, I've already been on your table, Spread Eagle. Okay. Uh, so you already have my full and complete trust. Okay. Um, so now I saw something on your list that your people sent me here, and I thought, you know what? That's something I've been thinking about. So I want to bring that up with you as well. Okay. So where do we start? I mean, I guess vasectomy is sort of what you're famous for. Vasectomy. If we you know, start there. We've been doing that for, you know, 20 years. It used to be, I'd like to say I was doing it for longer. You know, now when you hit 25 years, you kind of <laughs> say, I've been doing it about 25 right. years. Right. Yeah. But in that period of time, you know, I've probably done 
you know, 50,000 vasectomies. So, you know, even if you have two left hands, you still figure it out after 50,000 surgeries. When I started, you know, the procedure was maybe 40 minutes. Um, After doing thousands and thousands, we're down to about four and a half minutes. It's not like we're rushing. It's just like things go so smoothly. Mm. And we have really low complication rates, very high success rates. The nice thing about our procedure kit is that it's a no scalpel technique. It's no needle, a little bit of air pressure freezing. And we have a method we use where, um, without getting into too much detail, it's called uh, open-ended, which means the end of the vase, the tube that leaves the testicle, we don't block that end of it. And why that's a benefit is if you imagine you took a hose, tied a knot in it, and turned the water pressure on, you would have backup pressure because the pressure's on and there's no escape. That has been associated with an increased risk of uh, congestive pain in the testicle and epididymis. Now, if you leave that end open, some studies have suggested, and we've found that to be accurate in our patient population, that you will have a lower incidence of post-vasectomy pain. So that's been a nice benefit um, as part of our technique. And you invented this technique, right? I would say that different parts of the techniques are out there. Um, We've put together a unique approach that we call no scalpel, no needle, open-ended in a four and a half minute sort of technique. You know, we're, we're really excited about doing that because, you know, we're getting some wonderful feedback from patients and some great results. I'm sorry, when, when I said you invented it, I was thinking about the circumcision. Oh, okay. That is something you did invent, right? That technique? You know, the Pollock technique, uh, you know, has its own uh, approach based on instruments and based on modifications of some of those and innovative ideas I've had over the years that have certainly um, changed uh, sort of practice in some specific ways. For example, you know, I think uh, older children, teens, and adults, uh, I think more traditionally were done under general anesthetic. Um, In my office, I've simplified the approach to the degree that I can get excellent anesthetic um, by delivering a what I call a penile block, completely freezes the penis, and then through uh, a technique that I've been working on developing over many, many years, I can do the circumcision procedure in newborns in 30 seconds mm. in a virtually bloodless, virtually painless way um, without stitches, And in uh, older infants, children, and adults, again, no general anesthetic is required. It's local anesthetic. And uh, a similar sort of approach, uh, it may be five to seven minutes in the older age group, which is still a big change from what was called forcep-guided technique, which could take up to 45 minutes, done under general and required stitches, for our method, you know, very quick, very simple, and uses a skin glue closure. Mm. So skin glue closure means you don't have the suture track marks in the skin, which some people may appreciate as, you know, sort of smoother cosmetic result. 
And uh, well, especially if you who know you might want to be an adult, adult film star, right? There you go. And you want to make sure everything looks <laughs> ready for prime time, right? Who knows? That's it. Everyone has their own, you know, <laughs> unique needs. Uh, so um, yeah, so that's you know that we're we're really kind of um, yeah we've seen uh, that procedure you know really get popularized in the community where many people just you know come in and say hey I I do want the Pollock technique done mm-hmm. and uh in my office where we've probably done about close 7500,000 circumcisions uh by myself and my team uh, all of us are trained in the Pollock technique mm. um so um the doctors that work with me can all do it and I've you know meticulously trained all of my team over the years uh, to be able to carry this out exactly like I do it, and you are the guy. I mean, it's well, funny. Well, I mean, thank you. You are, you are, you're famous for it. Whenever you know, when your friends are pregnant and you have new babies, it comes up. Yeah. Are you going to snip or you're not going to snip? Whatever. And yeah. you're, you're the, you're the name that comes up. I mean, you're the guy for it. Yeah. Well, that's another. Maybe that's another whole podcast about your marketing. Right. To become the guy. Yeah. Because um, it's one thing to perfect a new technique. Uh, that's another thing to get everyone just on your train. Well, you know, I, I think part of that is, um, you know, the kind of relationship we try to establish with patients. For example, myself and all the team that join me have to know that we give our cell phones to every single patient, our personal phones to call us 24-7. Mm. So, um, you know, people feel really reassured. Uh, they always feel connected. They feel safe. And it's just part of the, you know, what, what I say, you know, we want to give gold standard care. Um, and uh, so that, I think, you know, goes a huge way with patients to know that we're always there for them. How many did you say? 100,000? Like- well, yeah. And, and, you know, so in a year, let's say, you know, if we're doing 2,500 vasectomies, 2,500 circumcisions, you know, yeah, you know, 5,000 people just for those two procedures you know, would have our, our phones and be told, call us anytime. Yeah. So what that means on our end is, both for their benefits primarily, but, uh, but and for ours, we want to deliver quality, low-complication work. Otherwise, you can imagine, our lives would be a nightmare getting mm. calls from distressed patients all the time. The truth is, I virtually never get a call from a mm. patient because they get a procedure that we put you know, every effort into getting, you know, sort of optimal results for them. Uh, We have a great education process before and after so that people are really well prepared. You see a side of men that not a lot of people see, not even their partners. Right. Especially when you start getting into things like ED. Yeah. Of of people who are having erectile dysfunction and they're sitting there, you're hearing things that a therapist, that their partner, that, you know, their best friend has never heard. Right. And suddenly they're now opening up to you because you're the one guy that they right. trust that you could help them. Yeah. What's that like when you're... Right. We've heard everything. Uh, we understand the, the massive kind of, um, you know, a variety, diversity of experiences that people experience physiologically, um, psychologically. And you know what? People can come see us because honestly, I think we've heard it all before and um you know we're uh we're really sympathetic and, and and it's such a common issue 
Uh, ED affects 50% of men over 40. 50? 50% over 40. So by the time you're 50, you know, 60% of men. By the time you're 60, 70% of men are experiencing difficulties getting or maintaining an erection. So people shouldn't feel at all, um, you know, any self-consciousness to, to um, come in and see us because it is so common. Mm. People shouldn't suffer um, silently. And what do you do for ED? Oh, like, ED, you know, it, it's, th- there's a lot of great new treatments out for ED. What I did when I tried to put together a treatment protocol for ED is I read everything published anywhere in the world for the last 20 years and took any scientifically validated article that showed something that helped improve erectile dysfunction, whether it was low-intensity acoustic shockwave. Acoustic shockwave? Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, companies are making uh, machines, devices now that put a painless energy into the penis that stimulates enlargement of blood vessel, and the result is improved blood flow to the penis. Uh, that I've never heard of that. Yeah, you're blasting like some kind of some uh, energy, painless energy, energy into wow. the penis, and that stimulates a very mild inflammatory reaction, which then leads to significantly improved blood flow in most of the people who receive this treatment. Now, while nothing's foolproof. Uh, that works extremely well. Another treatment is platelet-rich plasma. We take uh, the platelets out of your blood uh, uh, through a venipuncture. Uh, we spin it down in a centrifuge. We concentrate it to five to six times the concentration of platelets in regular blood. We create a concentrated serum of platelets, and we virtually painlessly through tiny little needle, put that into the penis. The result of that is the platelets break open and they release these wonderful um, vascular factors and healing factors, rejuvenating the penis and improving blood flow. Hmm. So um, that's another mechanism. And the, the, the greater number of different mechanisms you can bring to the table to improve the erectile function, the more successful you're going to be at improving the condition. Mm. So while those are two factors, you know, uh, uh, a third mechanism we use is a vacuum erection device. And by... Like a uh, penis pump? Exactly. By doing that, you improve blood flow, improve oxygenation to the tissue, stretch the tissue. I tell my patients, that's like sending your penis to the gym once a day. Wow. I remember seeing that in the Austin Powers movie years <laughs> yeah. ago. And I thought, yeah. is, that, is that a real thing? Yeah. yeah. So that works. Very, very uh, good result. Uh, I thought the penis pump was more about elongating. Can also be used, uh, you know, to stretch. You know, but another new treatment that's been recently described is putting Botox into the penis itself. I don't mean into the skin to relieve wrinkles. I mean taking Botox. Imagine you know, that. Yeah. <laughs> there are people who want it in their scrotum, you know, and we, we know that that's fine. I mean, that, that's... For what? Uh, some people want what's called Scrotox to have a smooth scrotum. No. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. All, you know, it's... Uh, are you joking? 
No, no, no. They uh, they want to take the wrinkles out of their scrotum. Uh, but um, who, you know who yeah. <laughs> who is. Yeah, you know, I we, mean, I don't, I mean, no, we it's don't, funny, but yeah. it's, it's not funny because yeah. this is a serious conversation. Yeah, well, no, but we I'm don't, shocked. We don't judge. I'm you know. shocked. Yeah, but um, I, I, I mean, you know. when someone first asked you that, was that a thing or was that like, whoa, I need oh. to look into this? I yeah. guess this is the first time anyone's ever. I mean, I'll be honest, uh, you know, like maybe I think one or two of my associates in the office have done some scrotox procedures. I haven't. Uh, but you know, but when we take the Botox to treat ED and we put it in the penis to treat erectile dysfunction, Botox is a neuromodulator. So in the same way that Botox, uh, goes into the smooth muscle of, let's say a man or woman's forehead and, uh, relieves the wrinkles because, um, it basically, uh, you know, dilates the smooth muscle uh, and paralyzes the smooth muscle. Uh, when you put it in the penis, there's smooth muscle in the lining of the vessels. And so what it does is it basically, uh, by acting through neuromodulation, it will cause dilation of the vessels uh, in the penis, and therefore it'll significantly improve blood flow. So adding Botox as another therapeutic agent is also very helpful to treat ED. So we talked about shockwave, platelet-rich plasma, Botox, penile pump. Uh, there's also uh, nutraceuticals, things like arginine, citrulline, vitamin D. There are studies that show that um, those uh, nutraceuticals uh, can also help improve uh, nitric oxide, which is the fuel uh, for erection in the penis. So, um, you know, there, so there's, I, mean, I, could, I could go on, but, but, you know, suffice it to say that there's a lot of new innovations uh, in the area. I mean, there always, I mean, for, for decades now, there's been the, um, uh, uh, what we call PD-5 inhibitors, which is like the Cialis, Viagra, Levitra. Mm. You know, our preference isn't to put people on the, those drugs. Uh, you know, certainly uh, anywhere in the uh, early treatment pro, uh, program. Um, you know, the reason for that is because we want to try to treat ED in a natural way. Um, what these drugs do is that they will for a few hours, dilate the blood vessels in the penis, after which they return to their normal constricted caliber. And then people may not only get side effects from these drugs, but, you know, there may be some psychological sort of, uh, you know, uh, addiction or feeling that, like, I need to take these drugs to be able to perform. Mm. Whereas we'd rather you know, change the physical properties, change the blood flow long-term of the penis through our treatments, and therefore people don't need to rely um, on these drugs to take one, two hours before having intimacy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we prefer that route. And uh, you know, the first time I ever took a Viagra, yeah, recreationally. Yes. Because, you know, you're, this is over a decade ago before I was married and had kids. Right. Um, you know, just people were passing it around. Right. And so I, uh, I got a handful of them. Right. And then I had a special someone coming over. 
Yeah. Very first time. I'd never taken it before. Yeah. So took one. And then 20 minutes later, I'm like, oh, just in case I should take another one. I want to make sure it really works. I really want to impress this girl. Right. <laughs> I ate two of them. And uh, yeah, let's yeah. just say it. I'm not necessary. Right. Not necessary. <laughs> the second but, but one I mean, certainly wasn't, huh? But, but plus, yeah. I was seeing, I mean, another reason why you maybe don't want to go for the, yeah. the, the, the pharmaceutical way is that I was seeing like blue laser right. light shots. It was like I was in a, a laser show in my yes. living room. Yeah. Because um, there were like, you know, those side effects. Yeah. And not only that, there's the studies now are showing that maybe there's some retinal uh, eye issues, uh, you know, long term taking these drugs as oh, well. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so Interesting. so we um, you know we don't encourage our patients uh, to be on those drugs. Um, the other interesting drug we use to treat um, erectile dysfunction—I sort of call this the atomic bomb of um, treating erectile dysfunction—and it's something called Trimix. It's a mixture of three different vasoactive drugs, meaning drugs that act powerfully on the vessels of the penis. And in treatment-resistant cases, and this may be, um, you know, an, an elderly person with multiple uh, what we call comorbidities like diabetes, high blood pressure, things that have really compromised the vessels to the penis along with um, advanced age. And um, we have a very detailed teaching program where we uh, teach them first starting off on um, uh, videos and then, and then uh, you know, uh, rubber models. And uh, then, you know, we're demonstrating and having them inject normal saline in their penis. And finally, we teach them injecting the drug. And that, you know, very often has an incredibly profound effect in giving someone an erection that could be, you know, if they wanted an hour-long erection that was a 10 out of 10 erection, um, this drug, you know, has been able to uh, get results like that. Mm. In fact, this is a drug that um, people have often used in uh, pornographic movies to be able to perform the way, you know, uh, they do. So um, there is a, a wide range of treatments, and um, so we encourage people to, um, you know, come in for a consultation and explore uh, all the different options and allow us to work with them to find a treatment protocol that best suits them, their lifestyle, their needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hadn't heard about the uh, the eye potential long-term eye issues with, 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 with the, the pills. Because you just yeah. think, all oh, the pill's so easy. You just go and get it from your doctor and pop it in your mouth. But, I mean, if, yeah, you are a healthy person and you try not to do too many pharmaceuticals and right. you like your vision. Right. That <laughs> <laughs> might be, uh, I'd never considered that before might be might be a good reason to look at some of these other yes alternative okay so let's talk about one of the biggest juiciest yes no pun intended yeah um topics okay penile enlargement okay i can't imagine the vulnerability of a man coming to you and sitting down in your office and saying dude <laughs> i don't feel like i got i don't got right. the goods right is this a common thing or is it rare no you know what or, it's it's really it's so common that when people come for other conditions and they see in our office, you know, some information on enlargement, so many ask about it. And I think it's just something that, you know, uh, many men, you know, have 
sort of wondered about, well, what if I could make my penis larger? And uh, maybe uh, every man, right? Maybe, maybe, know? maybe two percent of the, the, the extra blessed haven't. But yeah. most of us, I think, have. I, I've thought about it. I, right? Hey, I just, I just wonder what that would take, right? Yeah. What's and, involved in that? And it's here, you know. Uh, so um, I, myself, and Dr. Jack Chang and Dr. Aaron Goldstein, um, you know, uh, we thought about this and we thought about the need uh, based on, you know, a lot of interest and requests. And so Jack and I decided that, you know, maybe he should go to um, London, England to work with a plastic surgeon who had come up with some really innovative ways to enlarge penises with low complications, non-surgical, that involved the injection of fillers into the penis. So the same type of material that um, has been routinely used to fill, you know, wrinkles in in the face of men and women. Um, so syringes of this material is put in uniformly around the penis once it's frozen, and um, fairly painlessly, we're able to uh, enlarge the diameter of the penis. Um, you know, people, we've been doing it now for, you know, a couple of years and, uh, you know, the, the feedback's been fantastic. Hmm. Uh, you know, people, the, the, the guys are saying, you know, they're super happy with it. Their partners are often really happy with it. And, uh, many report feeling a heightened level of st stimulation so um, it's now uh, becoming a um, pretty central part of our practice to do penile enlargement. Hmm. Yeah, I guess everyone typically thinks length. Right. But really, it's, it's the girth. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the studies are correlating girth as an important sort of component, um, you know, in, I guess we'd say, you know, in, in, in stimulation. You know, in, in, in pop culture, it's always like... How many inches are you? The focus is always on the length. Right. It's like, are you four, five, six, seven, eight? Are you a f 12 inches? You know, that's the sort of like the right. cultural conversation around uh, penis size. Yeah. But yeah, no one really talks about the girth. Yeah. But that's what you do, just with simple injections. Simple injections. Wow. And, you know, this, uh, the product will last usually a couple of years. And the nice thing is that, you know, there's also a reversibility element that's possible with it to have it dissolved if there was an issue or if someone, you know, changed their mind or wasn't happy for some reason. Uh, so in that way, it's different than, say, a surgical approach, which is done in some places where maybe the suspensory ligaments of the penis are cut. Uh, but, you know, we've heard and seen uh, a variety of different complications that have ensued from actually doing surgical interventions mm -hmm. to enlarge your penis. So we've stayed away from that because above all in medicine, you want to cause no harm. Mm. It's, it's kind of like, like women getting their lips done. Yeah. Basically, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, like cosmetic procedures have become like so popular in our society. And again, you know, you know, some people have decided, you know, they uh, want to make no changes to their body. Uh, they want to grow old gracefully, and they look at some of the cosmetics as, you know, not being for them. 
Others um, feel that it's uh, meaningful to their confidence or their self-esteem. Again, we don't judge. I mean, we say that uh, we recognize, you know, individuals' preferences. We respect that. And we tried our best to meet their needs. What would be the average age of someone? Like if someone hit a midlife crisis and they come in, they want a bigger penis? Well, we have, or is it? We have that group. Yeah. We have... Just got a fresh divorce? Yes. They want to... Yeah. That's significant. We have the younger group, you know, guys in their 20s or 30s. Uh, you know, we have the people in, you know, transition in, in uh, midlife. You know, I think the oldest gentleman we had was probably in his uh, late 70s who mm. wanted his penis enlarged. Uh, what so, a rock star. Yeah. You know, it's He's a, like, we're <laughs> 70. I'm not slowing down. <laughs> Good for him. He was turning it up a notch. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 70s. Wow. That's awesome. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. Wow. You've seen it all. Yeah. Okay, can we talk about, since we're on the hot topics yeah. right now, can we go into uh, ejaculatory disturbances? Yes. I'm not familiar with that term. Okay. I've heard of premature ejaculation. Yes. But not, okay. what is ejaculatory disturbance. disturbance? Yes. So it's a category of sexual dysfunction that encompasses premature ejaculation and delayed ejaculation. The The focus maybe to be on premature ejaculation, I think, is as appropriate because it is such a common sexual dysfunction that we see. And how that presents, you know, someone can have lifelong premature ejaculation, which means ever since they can remember, you know, when they've been aroused, you know, and sometimes before or during intimacy with somebody, uh, they may ejaculate in 30 seconds. Uh, it can be something that's acquired premature ejaculation, which means they were fine for decades, and suddenly, you know, or over a short period of time, something changed. Maybe some psychological issue, or maybe changes in their penile function or erectile function, um, and triggered them to, uh, you know, have premature ejaculation. In either case, uh, you know, it is highly treatable. And many people don't know that. You don't need to suffer with this condition, which can often be incredibly frustrating for the patient or the partner. And uh, we have a whole series of, uh, of treatment options. Um, and again, you know, that work effectively in 70, 80% of the population we treat. So, you know, it's not a guarantee, but, uh, you know, with little luck, our patients are part of the big group of people that get better and are super happy. And it has a major positive effect in their life. So, uh, you know, in our program, uh, you know, there's, uh, I sort of talk about a head to penis approach where there's um, topical medicines you'd put on the penis to reduce sensation. Yeah. There, yeah. Stud yeah. 100. Yeah. When I was <laughs> when I was like a teenager, yeah. I remember seeing an ad in the back of a you know Playboy or Penthouse magazine or whatever these things, and all the all the guys were looking at this thing, and it was a, a thing you could order online or order not, not online back in the day, good old fashioned mail. And it was called Stud One Hundred, and it was a desensitizing cream. Right. And I remember all of us yeah. going, "Oh man, we, we wish we had a credit card. We got to buy Stud One hundred. <laughs> But yeah, so that's been that sort of technique's been around for a while, where it's like just a numbing cream. Yes. Now, how does that work though? Because if you're putting numbing cream on it, yeah, 
then how do you even... Uh, you got to put the right amount right. for the right amount of time. Or it's just, a, time, numb, just right. a numb penis. I mean, that's yeah, no good. Yeah, it becomes not... Yeah. But, you know, it's, I mean, it's just one of the many pieces of the puzzle. And um, what we find is people sometimes come to us and say, you know, I went to my doctor. He said there's no treatment for this. The thing is there is treatment. And again, I'll come back to that sometimes one type of intervention isn't enough. But when you combine multiple things to treat a problem, all that work it through different pathways, you can often get a very successful outcome. Again, when I started looking at premature ejaculation and how to best treat it, I read everything published for the last 20 years in medical journals from around the world. And I took everything that was scientifically validated and shown to prolong ejaculatory time. And I took all those, uh, all those great innovations and put it in our program. So, uh, you know, people will find that, you know, there's treatments, uh, a wide variety, and that generally we find that some or all of them are found to be uh, acceptable and easy and readily used by mm. our, our patients. I lost my virginity when I was 17 years old. Okay. And uh, with my girlfriend. I remember after we finally had sex, and it was so fast. Yeah. I mean, it's my first time, first couple times doing it. Right. That I, I actually ran to a doctor. Yeah. Just like a drop-in clinic. Yeah. And I said... I premature ejaculation. I don't know what right. to, wow. I asked him. Yeah. I was like, no shame. Yeah. I didn't care. I wanted to know how to fix this. Yeah. And he just looked at me and he smiled <laughs> and he laughed. Yeah. He goes, is, is this your first sexual yeah. partner? I'm like, yeah, I just yeah. dating for a couple of weeks. Yeah. He's like, relax, dude. <laughs> this is in your head. Trust me. Right. As time goes on, it gets, you're just, you know, you're, you're excited. Yeah. And he was right. Yeah. It was just in my head. I was, you're just excited. And, but I mean, it's amazing how these things, can sort themselves in out. Yeah. Right. And, and that's a good point. And, and so part of it is that there's like part of our treatment protocol is a sex therapist to help in the cognitive mental side, mm. empowering you to be able to slow down your ejaculation because ejaculation is also mediated by some types of anxiety and the sympathetic nervous system. So if we can learn techniques to calm our brain and calm ourselves and put our mind in the right place, we can learn how to slow ejaculation. There's also oral medications that act centrally in the brain that just slow down the messaging of your brain to your penis no to ejaculate. Really? So you can take those and that slows down. In fact, that's like a side effect of some drugs that affect serotonin balance in the brain. Um, and one of the side effects of those drugs is delayed ejaculation. So they have a place to treat premature ejaculation by capitalizing on some of the other effects of those drugs. So, pardon me, so like, like antidepressants? Right. So things that are anxiolytics or antidepressants, drugs like uh, paroxetine, Paxil, um, you know, they uh, are also, you know, have a use and a, a place in treating premature ejaculation. Uh, again, one of, uh, you know, a plethora of different treatments that, that can be effective. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, I'd say a lot of people, you know, I think you have to really 
be immersed deeply into something like as a medical practitioner to understand all the nuances and uh, the subtleties of it, of all the components that can be effective. How did you get into this? Well, you know, we had been doing, you know, sort of male sexual health through vasectomy and circumcision for years. And, you know, we st- I guess the age group of our patients, as they got older, they started having other concerns like erectile dysfunction. And then that launched us into the whole world of male sexual dysfunction, the erectile dysfunction, the peronies, the ejaculation problems. Then, you know, uh, that evolved into testosterone deficiency, understanding what low testosterone means, what are the symptoms, how to treat that. So uh, we evolved into a men's sexual health clinic Mm. with sort of multiple uh, conditions that we uh, address. You brought up, um, for me, the most interesting topic of them all, right now anyways, in this stage of my life, which is the testosterone thing. Okay. Because I remember years ago, my friend giving me a recommending a book that said changed his life because he's a little bit old, older than I am and he was and he was also a fighter he was always a um you know I don't know black belt whatever the martial art was um but he talked about how he his his he believed his testosterone was dropping like in terms of the zest or the fire for life or the right um I don't I guess I could just describe it like that mojo. fire mojo like okay. the fire where well, you know, like, let me try to help you. I mean, people sometimes say, like, th- having low testosterone can affect you anywhere from the bedroom to the boardroom to the sports field, okay? And so it's important for men to get a testosterone level, I think, early in their lives because you want to know what your testosterone was, so that if you're feeling something later in life and you test your testosterone again, you want to know if you're half of what you were before because mm. there's such a wide range of normal. Um, one lab locally defines as anywhere from 8 to 28, okay? but As um, normal? As normal. And that's a huge range. So if you're going along and most of your life you're at 28 and... Uh, you know, and then you're feeling some symptoms like maybe tiredness, loss of energy, some depressed mood, some loss of muscle mass, uh, loss of sex drive, um, you know, loss of confidence. Uh, and you wonder, you know, what's going on? And then you test your testosterone. Well, you know, if your testosterone, again, is half of what it was three years ago, then that's telling you that for you, even though you might be in low normal range by that lab test parameter, that in fact you are a fraction of what you were. Mm. And if you're low and symptomatic, uh, then you may be a candidate to have your testosterone uh, hormone therapy started, which simply means we're going to give you daily microdosing of testosterone, follow all the parameters in your blood, uh, follow you for any side effects, um, do regular examinations to make sure that your body, that the hormone replacement therapy is agreeing with your body, and 
you know, give you enough of that male hormone replacement so that we are alleviating your symptoms and getting you back to where you were. As I hear that sometimes when, when guys become, you know, parents, like they've got babies in the house now, does that have anything to do with, uh, like external factors like that have to do with dropping your testosterone? Well, or am I making this up? No, I mean, yeah, like I like the theory. Uh, <laughs> okay, that means I'm, you know, I read a yeah. bad book. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but because well, you, you are, know, you sort of are, you, you get into more of a nurturing uh, yeah. time of your life where, like, when, when, you know, maybe you're spending a lot of time at the gym and you're running around out chasing women or whatever you do, you're yes. killing it in the boardroom. Yeah. Suddenly you become a dad. And if you're very involved, like I'm a very involved dad yeah. from day one. So there's just yes. a lot more cuddling, nurturing sort right. of energy. Yes. I didn't know if that played yeah, into yeah. the drop of testosterone. Well, no, I think that's... You got a, a weird look on your face. What are you thinking? <laughs> I'm thinking the Carson theory of testosterone <laughs> deficiency. Um, I like it. Uh, I think, you know, I, I think that that scenario may be more mediated by the fact that when you get into a different environment with kids, you may be sleeping less, you may... Mm feel energy be a little depleted from that you may be off your routine uh maybe your stress levels change and um because of that whole change in your um lifestyle um your physiology may change a little bit and you may feel a little depleted other people may feel wow you know uh this is just totally you know getting my hormones raging and and uh, elevating me and, and really charging me up. Um, you know, you, you see both, right? And it depends on the person's disposition, the partner's support, the amount of time. You know, is that person through that time of change, eating well, sleeping well? What's their intake of uh, appropriate nutrients, supplements, drugs, alcohol, all kinds of things. So. Um, yeah, I think it's an interplay between a lot of things. Um, and I think that, uh, testosterone deficiency can be so subtle. I mean, people can feel depressed in their fifties and I hope somebody's going to check their testosterone level because, um, often in general family practice, it is people have agreed it's not nearly tested enough. Mm. And therefore, one in four men over 40 are walking around with potential testosterone deficiency that could be treated. And is this something that you would notice right away? Or is it like, let's see how you feel over the course of 12 months? or Once you get replaced? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it generally, you know, you should expect a few weeks to a few months for your body to you know, absorb the hormone for it to do its role in your body and for you to start seeing uh, changes. Having said that, sometimes within days to weeks, people just who are really deficient in testosterone just feel like they've been lit up and they feel a huge change a lot quicker. Uh, So, you know, it depends on your level of deficiency, how long you've been depleted, and, uh, you know, where you're at. Wow. Yeah, if, if people are feeling, like you said, if they're feeling yeah. depressed, they might yeah. not even consider testosterone. They think they right. need, like, an, a little, I don't know, Prozac or something. Right. Um, and yeah. not even consider that, that that's part of it. 
Right. Interesting. And, yeah. And, 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 you know, and they may need both, right? I mean, it's not that testosterone is a uh, replacement for antidepressant therapy, uh, but, uh, but we know that men uh, who are low in testosterone may have a predisposition to have anxiety, depression, that sort of thing. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. Um, and the last thing on our list of things to talk about today is, is, is hair restoration. Yeah. Which is obviously a huge thing for men and women. Yeah. I'm um, really excited about hair restoration. Is this something new you're doing? Well, you know what? In the last couple of years, we started hair restoration. And, um, you know, I mean, I'll show you pictures of some of the results we've got just after four PRP, platelet-rich plasma sessions, okay? And what happens is someone will come see us. They will tell us, you know, over the last few years, I've noticed that I'm losing my hair. It's thinning. Um, and um, they say, you know, well, what are the options? So just to go over that, you know, I mean, one of the options is medications like uh, Propecia, Minoxidil. The concern I have with medications is um, side effects. So we know that Propecia, um, also known as finasteride, can cause erectile dysfunction. Sometimes that erectile dysfunction can be permanent, irreversible. Hmm. We don't want to risk that. So that is way down, if at all, on our list of, of treatments. Um, hair transplant is another option. Um, it's typically extremely expensive, and it's a surgical intervention. Um, it's also quite a stark uh, change in many cases because you go from uh, having some, you know, maybe significant degree of of baldness and hair loss to having a stark replacement. So your friends and family are like, whoa. Right. What's right. up? Right. Hey, right. welcome. <laughs> welcome back. There's no subtlety to it, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Whereas with the platelet-rich plasma, it's all natural. We take your platelets. We spin them down five to six times blood uh, concentration, like uh, your normal blood concentration, and we take that concentrated serum of platelets and we take we first put some uh local anesthetic around the nerves of your scalp small doses again virtually painless then when your scalp is frozen we take a um automated uh multi-needle uh injector device and then that uniformly puts the exact amount of this platelet concentrated serum into your scalp at the exact depth that you set it to. After, uh, you'd give the injections, you know, one injection even every couple weeks. Uh, typically, you know, you'd give four injections and, and then wait a month or so. And uh, what we're seeing is significant increase in hair density, increase in hair thickness, has a major impact in slowing or stopping hair loss and a um, very meaningful hair regrowth. Mm. So um, it's like from scratch. Well, so if you have like a huge, you know, area of baldness, 
that covers the majority of your head, and it's been like that for 10 years, you know, you might not be a candidate for this. But if you've noticed that, you know, over last number of years, you have thinning and, um, you know, across the uh, top part of your head and scalp, uh, that this can really regenerate uh, your hair, your thickness, the hair density. Uh, people come back and just say, wow, like, you know, um, people are noticing that my hair just looks great. Mm. And, um, you know, so, so it's a really natural, easy to do, and cost-wise, you know, it's like a fraction of transplant. Uh, you know, you could have your therapy uh, for, you know, a, a range uh, somewhere between, uh, in our office, it's about $1,000 per injection. You usually will get four. But the thing to keep in mind is not all PRP injections are the same. Uh, you can have PRP systems that may give you a lower quality of platelets uh, a lower concentration that may not be as effective. Those systems are a lot cheaper. Mm. In our office, there is no compromise. We aim for gold standard. Uh, we aim for the concentrations that studies are showing are giving great results. And um, sometimes that can be a little more uh, costly. Mm -hmm. uh, but still, it comes in at a very reasonable uh, cost. And, uh, and then there's some maintenance, uh, maintenance treatments, uh, usually two or three a year. And then patients often find that that's enough to get a nice um, uh, sort of effect and then have it uh, maintained uh, over many years. Wow. I think of um, a few moms I know who've done a thing called a mummy makeover. Yes. That's a term yeah. where like they finish having kids and then they go get a, like a tummy tuck and a boob job. Or they do whatever. Right. They do a couple things. Right. Get the lines in their face, Botox, yeah. and they sort of just bring themselves, they plump themselves back to life. Right. There's got to be that term for guys. Right. Like daddy makeover. Right. Well, you know, know we're, we're getting there now. I mean, I, I think uh, guys, you know, the, I think different cosmetic procedures on different parts of the body is a super fast growing area for guys now. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Go in and get your... Get your hair fixed, hair. get your penis bigger. <laughs> just what, what do you want? Right. The, the options are limitless. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because the biggest thing is trust. Yeah. I can imagine. Um, a, to be able to have the courage to go in and talk to someone like you and sit yeah. down and go, oh. And then to not be laughed out of the room where you're like, right. yeah, dude, right. I've seen the God, I've seen this a million times. Yeah, yeah we've worked hard at uh, working with the team to understand how to best support the patients that come in. And, um, you know, and you've obviously figured that out as well because, you know, it's always a pleasure to come in and chat with you. And I think you are able to sort of craft, you know, the whole interviews and conversations in, a, you know, a really kind of comfortable, interesting way. So congratulations to you for being, you know, so uh, effective and competent at what you do. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. Right on, dude. And you look great, by the way. <laughs> Thank I mean, you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect anything less. A man yeah. who has access to all the biggest tricks out there. I don't, <laughs> you know, you'd look. There's you, advantages <laughs> to working in my office. <laughs> you look amazing. <laughs>